That was so much fun. Uh, one, I want to thank all of y'all for what y'all gave, uh, your all-in gifts, your Toys for Joy gifts, and just giving uh, of your tithes, offerings, and your thanks, and your service. I want to thank all the people who videotaped, edited, created, set that up. Let's give all those people a big hand. God, that was How many of y'all just feel real good right here? <laughs> right, it's not right here, it's right here, right here. Uh, you can do that every day. I don't mean drive through and give Pampers and a papoose. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, go up to somebody and uh, tell them, uh, you know, God loves them. Uh, I know some of y'all are uh, extroverts and you like to talk to people. Well, talk to them about Jesus. Right? Don't talk to them about the Kardashians. Don't talk about, you know, talk about Jesus. And, 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 and for all of y'all who are introverts, start with yourself. Bless yourself. Say God loves me. God has a plan for my life. And then start with your family. But God gave you a mouth for a reason. And let's, let's, let's uh, you can give a gift, a gift card, a thank you. Uh, um, uh, I like to talk to people, so I know a lot of people are not so much extra as extroverted. But you're going to be in conversations in the mall, buying your perfume, buying your shoes or whatever. And it's, it's not hard to say, hey, how can I pray for you right now? I'm going to be a blessing for you. you know, God's, and God's going to speak to you in the moment. And if you obey him in the moment, you'll be like, that was so much fun. That was, I mean, you, you didn't physically do anything but watch that and it made you feel good. Imagine if you did something like that. Amen? Plus, I got to get good free Chick-fil-A. <laughs> hey, let's all stand up. Let's all stand up. Let's all stand up. Uh, next year, 2019, is the year of discipleship for us. We're going to lean into discipleship. And one of the things we want to do is read through the whole Bible. Okay, amen, amen, amen. Now, what that means is that you're going to read through the Bible. I'm not going to read through it and you listen. You're going to read it on your own. But I want you to think about this. The Bible has 1,189 chapters. On average, that's three a day. However, I want you to think about it this way. If you spend 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, you can read through the whole Bible. Amen? Amen. Uh, and so we're going to do that next year, and uh, we're going to start a fast, a 21-day fast in the first Sunday. You can fast whatever you want. We'll explain more about that, and we're going to memorize Scripture throughout the year. We're just going to get into the Word, uh, get you into the Word more. Amen? amen. So what we're going to do now is we're going to, amen, yeah, let's give the Lord a hand. Let's give the Lord a hand. Um, but I, but I, I'm, I'm telling you this now because it's going to change. It's going to require you to shift your schedule uh, because we're also going to, as we teach through the read through the Bible, we're going to teach Sunday from the reading. Then we're going to have our R groups, our small groups, content from the reading, and then we're going to start discipleship groups. Three to five guys, three to five ladies, confidentiality agreement where you get a little deeper on your own stuff with that group, close group. You spend a year together, and after that year, you all split up and go get another three. Okay, we're going to start that. Uh, it's going to require you to change your schedule. Yes, change your schedule. Jesus required. Jesus deserves all of our time. Can I get an amen? And so one of the, so one of the things we're going to do is we're going to memorize Scripture. So I'm going to memorize this, this verse in Matthew 28, 19. Let's all read this together out loud. One, two, three. Say, go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
One more time. By the way, the more you say it, the better you'll memorize it. Okay, remember and it, uh, on three. One, two, three, say, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's do it one more time. One, two, three. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Look at the person next to you and say it to them so you can make sure they're actually saying something. You don't need to look at the screen. On three, one, two, three. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, take it off the screen. Take it off the screen. Hey, hey, come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Everybody, all right. Okay, go where? And do what? Of who? And do what? In whose name? Amen, let's go. Give the person next to you a big hug. And, and oh, by the way, look to the person next to you and say, I'm sorry, look to the person next to you and say, I want to be a disciple in 2019. And you may be seated. John Kittner, raise your hand. <laughs> okay. Uh, as we all know, our country is uh, very much racially divided, politically divided, uh, ideolo ideologically divided. Division is like the, the word of the day that the devil is spewing out hate. Now we have signs that actually have the word hate on it. Um, and we are the body of Christ. We are supposed to represent love. Can I get an amen? Uh, I wrote this book called The Third Option. You can get it on, it came out September 11th. You can get it on Amazon. We have it in our bookstore here, so get that. Please get that. Um, about two months ago, God said, I want you to do the third option challenge. So what is that? He said, make a video with someone who doesn't look like you, and you say you accept the third option challenge, and you tell them what you love about them, and then you challenge three friends to take this, that same challenge, and you post it. And uh, to show the world, one, that there are more people who love each other than hate each other. Number two, give people permission to express that to people who are different. And so we would need to be the role model of that. I'm going to show you this video, uh, and, and then we'll take the next step. Let's show this video. How you doing? I'm Miles McPherson. I take the third option challenge to love somebody who doesn't look like me. And I want to love Tony Robbins and, and tell you I love you. And what I appreciate about you is you are so uh, sincere and such a sincere friend. I know we don't see each other all the time, but you are so sincere. And thank you for coming here and talking about the book. Thank you, brother. Uh, you don't look like me either, and I love your soul, man. I love that you're so authentic and so real. And the reason I flew all the way back here is because when you told me about this book, I knew what would be there would be real and it would have love as its driving force. It's who you are. So are we going to challenge a few people? Yeah. I want to challenge Anthony Lynn, the coach of the uh, L.A. Chargers, Bishop Jakes, and I also want to, and also want to challenge Chad Murray. I'll challenge Tim Ferriss, brother. You got so much reach. You love so many people. Oprah, you got unlimited reach. <laughs> You'll touch so many. And my dear friend Joseph McClendon. All you take the third option challenge, make a video expressing your love to someone who doesn't look like you, and tag third option challenge. God bless you. God bless. Amen. Amen. If you could take this card out of your uh, bulletin, this will give you the instructions, where to go, how to get, get that video. And if you uh, text the word challenge to 52525, it, this is on the card, check the word challenge to 52525, you'll get all the instructions downloaded to your phone. Uh, let's, let's do something to change the world. Instead of talking about what's going on negative, let's do something positive. Can I get an amen? amen? 
Amen, amen, amen. Take that card. Okay, let's get your Bibles out. Let's get your Bibles out. On the count of three, say word. <laughs> I have just submitted to the fact that y'all can't wait. <laughs> One, two, three, say word. Thank you. Turn to Revelation chapter 2, the last book of the Bible. Go all the way to the end. And we want to welcome all our campuses. What's up out there? All the campuses out there. Let's get, oh, wait, y'all are turning to the Bible. I'll, I'll clap for them. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. Lord, bless us. Uh, challenge us. Lord, we are here because we want to hear from you. We want to be challenged by you. We don't want you to tell us something that just to make us feel comfortable. Challenge us to be better. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, in my experience of relationships, I had my first relationship when I was 10, 48 years ago. And watching relationships with people, I've noticed that in the very beginning of a relationship, people are goo goo gaga with that person. Everything's perfect about them, their breath don't stink, they got all their teeth, <laughs> they're funny, they're interesting. Uh, they're beautiful, the most beautiful guy, beautiful girl all anywhere in the world. You can't stop talking about them. You can't, you, you can't wait to get up and just call them up. You can't get off the phone. You'll be on the phone like, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs> and your friends are like, they don't get it because they see all that person's warts. And they, they're like tripping. They say, I saw your boyfriend at the mall with another girl. No, that was their cousin. I'm sure they, they would never do that like that. No, they were kissing. No, they were probably just talking real close. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can't see anything wrong. <laughs> Can I, if you know what I'm talking about, say amen. And, and then after a, a period of time, they're not so perfect anymore. You start giving them Tic Tacs. <laughs> <laughs> You're not so quick to call them up. You start talking about them a little bit here. You start realizing that, you know, they're not as good looking as the next guy. And, 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 the, and the, the spontaneous surprises is, you know, do as many. The passion is gone. You're not so quick to rush over their house. And your relationship becomes very routine for all of y'all who, well, we, I've been married 30, uh, let's see, carried 34 years. <laughs> for all y'all who've been married 34, 34 years or, or, or been married, the longer you get married, the more routine your marriage can get. You don't laugh as much. You don't date as much. You don't hold hands. You don't hug. You don't, you don't give surprises. It's just whatever. There's no, there's no fire. You've left your first love. Same man if you know what I'm talking about. That's a dangerous place to go. A lot of y'all are like that with God. You get saved and you're like, man, I got saved. Jesus came into my life. And you buy a big old Bible that's like the phone book, right? And you walk around with your Bible. Not, it's not in your bag. You'll walk around like this, like this. And the thing is this big. You'll never read the whole thing in your whole life. And you look, walk around, you got papers. You got your bulletin hanging out your Bible at work. And you're like, yeah, I, got, I go to church now. I go to the rock. And, and, and pastor said this. And, and every, every little thing you learn about God, you want to tell everybody. You want to tell everybody about Jesus. You get to church early. You want to worship and you want to learn to raise your hand and worship. And, you want, and you're so on fire for God and then after a while it becomes routine. You don't need to come to church every day. 
Because you're at that level that you don't need God. Every, you don't need fellowship every week. You don't need to bring your Bible because you're so cerebral with God, you'll just take it in. There are some of you sitting here right now, you've become a church for years, you know we read from the Bible, we hold the Bible up, and you still don't have a Bible. You don't bring a pen, you don't take notes, it's just, you're just going to get it. You're just going to, hey, for whatever reason, I, I don't need that. I don't need to go to our group, I have my own, my own way of flowing with God. I don't need any accountability. I don't need to read my Bible every day. I, I, don't, I don't give, I just give over here, I get the people. I, it's, I'm, a, I'm not going to do it God's way, I'm going to do it my way. And you become routine and, and there's no passion. You're not sharing your faith with anybody. I, I, I hate, I shouldn't say hate, but I would wonder how many of you could, don't raise your hand. I'm not asking you to raise your hand on this one anyway. But how many of you have never really led anybody to the Lord? And there's, there's no passion. It's just religion. Religion is when I just have the three things that I think I should do. And if I do those three things, then I, I've satisfied my commitment to God and now I'm on my own. That's not fire. That's not your first love. In the book of Revelation, John writes this vision of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ appears to him and he writes down what he sees and what God tells him to write. Often, much of it was mystery to him. It was all these signs and symbols. And one of the things he wrote was seven letters to seven different churches. And these different churches, Jesus had different issue with each church. And these seven churches, people would argue, are seven types of believers. And this first church, the very first letter to the first church of Ephesus, he says, you've done all these things good. You're going to church, you're doing this, you're doing that. But I have this one thing I have against you. And that one thing is the most important thing. So let's read Revelation chapter 2, the last book of the Bible. Now, whenever you come to church, I want you to come to church, I, I would encourage you to come to church with this attitude, God, speak to me. If you come to church saying, oh, I just got to go, you know, I'll just go and, you know, whatever. That's, that's, the, that's the wrong, that's like, that's like saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go spend time with my wife, whatever. I'll just spend time she wants me to watch a movie with her. My wife watches Lifetime movies. I ain't into Lifetime. And I come in and she's like, I'm like, you know what's going on? I don't watch Lifetime movie. And inside I'm going. I'm like, honey, that's so great. I'm enjoying you. I'm watching Lifetime movie. And the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm on my phone. Can't have the phone. Got to be dialed in to that serial killer that killed his wife. And <laughs> it's always the same story. <laughs> Let's read chapter 2. I pray that God would jam you up. I don't want to jam you up. I'm just his voice. I'm just the vehicle. But the Holy Spirit to jam you up. Amen. Raise your hand if you want God to jam you up. Okay, very good. Keep your hand up real high. If your hand's not up, one or two things are true. You just didn't feel like raising your hand. <laughs> or you're here for the wrong reason. Let God speak. Every, I, I, every time I speak, God jams me up. Trust me. He's already jammed me up in preparation. And then he jams me up while I'm doing it. Okay, let's read it. Revelation 2. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, the church of Ephesus. Ephesus was a city of about 250,000 people. And they had hundreds of house churches. So he's writing this letter 
to all those churches, the church citywide, okay? The church citywide, the church of Jesus Christ is global. We are just one of thousands and thousands. It says, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks amidst the seven golden lampstands. So a lampstand is something that bears light. The church is a light bearer. And in the church are people who are light bearers. All of us are light bearers. And the church is a light bearer. If all of y'all's light was dull, the church, the light of this church would be dull. If all of your lights burn with passion, the light of this church burns hot. Are y'all following what I'm saying? So it requires all of us to work together. That video you just saw of the reverse drive-through, those kinds of things, acts of kindness towards people who are in need, and there are people who are in need sitting right next to you. Those kinds of things can happen every day if all of us said, God, what do you want me to do? If, our, if we were committed to his, allowing his light to shine through us. Are you following what I'm saying? But it has to be between you and God. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes or no? Very good, very good, very good. Okay, it says... Chapter, verse 2, I know your works. I want you to take this personally. He's speaking to you. I know your works. I know what you do. I know your labor. I know your patience. You're like, man, I got people in my life. You don't know what I deal with. Okay. God says, I know, I know what you deal with. Okay. And I know that you cannot bear those who are evil. I've, I've seen you uh, confront people who are evil. And by the way, the only way that is legitimately accepted by God, and really, when I say legitimately acceptable, the only way that's biblical if you do it in love, okay? And then it says, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them to be liars. Listen, you even can discern someone who's biblical and someone who's not. The only way you can do that is if you read the Bible and understand the Bible. It's not, which, you know, it's just not a feeling you have. It has to be uh, biblically discernible. And verifiable. In verse 3, and you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. You've been doing really good. Now, let me paraphrase. Let's say, hey, I know, you know what? I've seen you. You go to church at the Rock every week. I don't know how many of y'all can say that. I'm just going to give the benefit of the doubt to this person I'm referring to. You're in our group. You already started reading through the Bible. You're praying every day and hour. You give your tithes and offerings faithfully. You serve, you add toys for joy, you, 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 you share your faith with people, and he's like, you've done all of that. And you're like, that's right, that's me. Again, I'm not going to ask you if that's you, but just, I just want you to, I'm imposing that on you. That you're, you're all that, you're doing everything that you can think of that we talk about doing. Amen? Just imagine that's you. And here's what Jesus says. Nevertheless, I have this against you. What? Everyone say this. What? <laughs> Everyone say this. What you talking about, Willis? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I do this, I do that. Hold up, hold up, hold up is Hebrew for wait. <laughs> kid, kid. <laughs> you know it's Hebrew. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. He says, hold up. I, I do this, 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 and you got something against me? He said, yep. Now, before I tell you what it is, it's not that those things are bad. They're fabulous. Keep doing them. However, there's something more important. And not only is there something more important that without this something, those things aren't complete. This is very important. This is very important. He says, I have this against you. You left your first love. 
What's that mean? You're doing that a habit. In other words, okay, I get up, read my Bible. Okay, okay, God, I got that. Okay, I'm gonna okay, write my check. Okay, here, here's a check. Just leave me alone. Okay, and then um, okay, I gotta go to a small group. Okay, what's up? Okay, yeah, whatever, whatever. I'll go to Toys for Joy. Here's a kill. Here's a toy. Here's a toy. Here's a toy. Yeah, I saw you here last year. You ain't got a job yet. Okay, here's a toy. Okay. <laughs> Are we, are we being real today? Okay, okay, okay. And, and, and I'm going to do this. And I got, I'm doing all this stuff. And he goes, I've seen you do all that. Matter of fact, you, got, you sit in the same seat every week. Now, there's nothing wrong with sitting in the same seat every week. Unless when you don't get your seat, you get attitude. I can't stand this parking lot. These people out here. You should say thank you to all the volunteers that come here at 5 o'clock in the morning to help you get in your seat. Oh, I gotta go to church. I gotta deal with the traffic. You know how many people fight through hours of traffic to go to a football game? Go spend money at the mall, singing in the car. All you shoppers, people who love shopping. I'm not a shopper. I don't like it when there's no traffic. <laughs> and you do all that stuff. He says, I see you doing all that stuff. But you're not doing it for me. You're doing it for you. He says, you left your first love. Remember when you first met me, how you like were so excited about being in my presence. This is God talking. You were so excited about talking about me. That you were so excited about helping people that you were looking for people to help. You were like at work, who could I tell Jesus? Who could I, who could I pray for? Who could I share my faith with? And now it's like, yeah, yeah, I got a, well, I got a third option challenge. Yeah. I don't know any black people. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'll make it even. I don't have any white friends, okay? Whatever you want to have. Here. How am I going to do this? Yeah, maybe I'll just take a picture of somebody and put it next to me and do that. Right? <laughs> Three things. Number one in your notes. Remember. Verse 5. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Now, some of you in here haven't given your life to Christ yet. We'll get there to you in a minute. But most of you have. I want you to take, I want you to take a minute, and, and even after you leave here, and think about what it was like when you first got saved. When you were so excited about God and God was doing stuff in your life. I, people come up to me who are new Christians, they're like, guess what God did? I, I gave my tithe and I got a check in the mail. That was awesome. <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm like, that's only the beginning, homie. <laughs> if you stay on fire. And what I mean by that is that if you get routine with it, the miracles, you don't see them when they happen. I want you to remember that. I want you to remember as a little kid. You, remember, you ever have a little kid in your life who just says whatever? <laughs> they have no control. Hey, mommy, can you tell them what you had on last night? And they, because they saw you before you got dressed and they said, and they want to tell everybody about it. You're like putting your hand over their mouth. And my, and, my, and my point is not that you would say stuff like that, but that you would, that you would say whatever God told you to say. 
That when you go to the mall and you're going to buy some perfume, some smell good for your wife or whatever or, your, or whoever, and you're talking to them and you say, hey, how you doing? And, and they go, yeah, I'm okay. And they, and they try to sell you something. And God says, ask them again. Ask them again. Oh, that's awkward. So get over yourself and ask them again. How you doing? My mom's dying of cancer. Okay, God, what do I do now? You're in church every week. Pray for him. I don't know how. Why not? Why not? Lead him to the Lord. I don't know how. Why not? Pastor Miles says exactly the same words every week. One of the reasons is that so you would get it in your head. Why not? That you would, that you would be available to God. And someone would say to you, you know what? I haven't eaten. Let me buy you dinner. That that would be the fire in your heart. Remember what that was like. And if that wasn't you, <laughs> there was a version of that that was you. Trust me. There was a version. And if you can't remember, go find someone who just got saved and hang out with them for a couple of days. So you can remember what it's like to do whatever God told you to do and be excited about it and be excited in the unknown of what could happen. Even if you get rejected, that you will go, wow, rejection is way overrated, homie. It's not going to kill you. Can I get an amen? If rejection killed you, you wouldn't be alive. Look what it says next. Remember. Everyone say remember. And it says repent. Everyone say repent. Uh, in other words, uh, re repent means I'm going to remember what I used to do and then repent means to turn and go the other way. In other words, I'm going this way with routine. My Christianity is contractual with God. I do this. He does that. If I do the checkbox, I'm good with God. I can do what I want. Remember says, no, I am on fire to do whatever God wants me to do on call, on demand. Now, now it doesn't mean I don't have, it doesn't mean I don't have my routine. It doesn't mean I don't get up have my place to read, have my Bible. By the way, you should have your system so it is uh, systematic and you can flow with it and grow in it. However, there's always the spontaneity of the Spirit of God. Because the Bible says he was born again is, is like the wind. The Holy Spirit comes from a place you don't know where it came from and it goes to a place where you don't know where it's going. I stayed out, I went out to a 24-hour overnighter in the desert. If you're not from this area, the desert is about an hour and a half east. You could be in the desert, like <laughs> crawling on the sand, begging for water desert. That's what I'm talking about. Nothing, you can't see anything as far as you go. So I went out there for, oh, for 24 hours, slept in a tent. I am not a tent brother. I'm a five-star hotel kind of brother, okay? <laughs> However, <laughs> this, this mountain man brother took me out there. He said, look, you stay there for 24 hours. I'm going to go up there somewhere and I'll see you in 24 hours. I was like, I want my mom. And he said, no, you got to stay out here. And all night long, you can hear the wind. You can hear the wind before you felt it. And I'm praying to God the whole time. Because I'm scared. I ain't lying. I ain't lying. And I'm like this. I didn't know where it was coming from. And I literally thought of that verse in John chapter 3 where Jesus said the, 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 the person who's born again is like the wind. You, the Holy Spirit, you don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it goes. And, and sometimes I would just stand there and say, okay, where's it coming from? I tried to discern and it would come from this way. It's like I thought it was over there. Then I'm like, where's it next time? Then it would come from this way. 
So you got your routine. Keep it, please. Get a system. Get a time when you get up. Get a place where you're going to read. But then say, Holy Spirit, you blow it anytime you want. So you do your thing in the morning, whatever. You go to, you go to work. You get your routine. You go on a job. And God says, stop. Look right. Boom. Let's do the ministry. That's your first love. And when you go over there, I want you to love the, that person to death. I don't care what they said about you. They killed me. I still love them. Your sin, this is Jesus talking, your sin killed me. I still love you. So I want you to express that. That's what I'm talking about. So remember, repent, and then do. Go do it. Look at your notes. Number three is do. Remember number one, repent is number two, and, and do is number three. Next week, we are going to read through the Bible. Guess what? Read through the Bible. Here's my guess, and I'm going to prove it to you. My guess is that 75% minimum of y'all haven't read through the whole Bible. This is a guess. It's an educated guess. Okay? Educated. So let me prove and see if I'm wrong. It doesn't matter if I'm wrong or right. Uh, how many of y'all have not read through the whole Bible? Raise your hand. Really, all the campuses. Raise your hand really high. Elbow, way up here. Okay. Wave it, wave it, wave it. Just wave your hand. Wave your hand. Okay. Guess what? How many of y'all would love to uh, be more financially blessed? Raise your hand. <laughs> more hands than read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Read the Bible. God has wisdom about money. How many of y'all have a, love, a thri have a thriving relationship with somebody that you love? Raise your hand. Okay. Some of y'all like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll. <laughs> Read the Bible. How many of y'all love to sleep better at night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That brother has no sleep. <laughs> He's like... Read the Bible. I can go through every area of your life. Your answer is right here. Right here. So 15 minutes a day, you read through the Bible. How many of you would love to grow in your faith and have someone that you trust challenge you and, and really push you over the edge, over the, some of the obstacles that have been holding you back from growing in your faith? Raise your hand. Very good. You know what that's called? A D group. We're going to start D groups. We're going to have three to five guys or three to five girls, one-year commitment, Sign a confidentiality agreement, and we're going to say, okay, now here are the questions, and we're going to talk about our stuff. After one year, all y'all split up, and y'all get your own three to five. Just what Jesus did with his disciples. Are y'all following what I'm saying? If you want to grow, let's go. That rhymes. You know what I'm saying? Hey. <laughs> How many of y'all love to memorize scripture? How many of y'all would love to memorize scripture? Why? It's not that you memorize the verse, it's no, you know how to use it. It's not about having it in your head, it's about having it in your life. And so it's one thing to have it in your head, it's another thing to say it, it's another thing to live it, it's another thing to express it to somebody else. Now, if you don't want any of that, then why are you walking with God? God says, if you do all the religious stuff, what I have against you is that you don't love me. It's religion. In a minute, we're going to take communion. And when we take communion, what we are doing is we are acknowledging what Jesus did for us. When we take communion, we are saying to God, God, I am returning back to my first love. You died for me. You were crucified for me. And you did it because you loved me. So I am making a commitment to do the same thing for you. I'm going to remind myself the sacrifice you made and the sacrifice you're calling me to make in my walk with you. Are y'all following what I'm saying? 
Now, before you take communion, you want to make sure Christ is your Savior. You do not want to take communion if Jesus Christ is not your Savior. Why? Because what you're telling God is, God, you died for me, I'm taking communion, but I don't accept you as my Savior. What? It's like saying you got all these crosses in your jewelry, but Jesus is not your Savior. What you're telling God is, God, I acknowledge that I know that you died, but I reject you. So you can't claim ignorance. So we're going to give you an opportunity to ask Christ to be your Savior before you take communion. If you don't, don't take communion. It's cool. What I mean is cool is that if you don't ask Christ to be your Savior, taking communion is not getting you to heaven. It's just condemning you even more. So either be all in or all out. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means all of us are sinners. One out of every one people, if you're a math person, that's 100%. The Bible says the penalty of sin is death. That means one out of every one people die. The Bible says that we're spiritual people. We all are eternal beings. You will never cease to exist. You will just exist somewhere different. If you have Christ in your life, you go to heaven. If you reject Christ, then he says, okay, I'm good. We don't need to be together in eternity. I'll send you someplace where I won't be. The Bible just happens to call that hell. So we want to give you an opportunity to ask Christ to be your savior, to say, Lord, I accept that I'm a sinner. I believe you died for me. I surrender my life to you. I want to be born all over again. First birth is physical. The second birth is spiritual. That's what I need. So I'm going to ask you all to bow your heads and close your eyes and listen very carefully. If you would like to ask Christ to be your Savior, I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe the penalty of sin is death. But I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, and he died and rose from the dead for my sin. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. Come live in my heart. Fill me with the Spirit of God. I want to be born all over again. Thank you, God. If you prayed that prayer to ask Christ to be your Savior, just slip your hand up really high and I can see you and pray for you. God bless you. Really high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless all of you. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Lord, thank you for those people. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, Lord, I actually open your eyes. Just open that. Take the bread out of the top of that wafer. The last supper, Jesus took the bread and broke it. And he said, this is my body, take, eat. When we take communion, we're acknowledging that his physical body was beat and that he did it for us. And that we are committing to living for him. Lord, thank you for your sacrifice in Jesus' name, amen. Be careful when you open that cup. He took the cup and said, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sin. The Bible says that the life is in the blood. And because the penalty of sin is death, Jesus shed his blood 
but his blood was sinless. So it was a perfect sacrifice for our sin. We take this acknowledging that we are indeed forgiven. You can't work for your forgiveness. He gives it to you. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for forgiving us. In Jesus' name, amen. If all y'all can bow your heads and close your eyes and all the campuses. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand if, if you are one of the people who raised your hand to ask Christ to be your Savior. However, there are some of you in all the campuses that you have given your life to Christ already. But you need a fire lit in your heart because your relationship with God has become routine. You've left your first love. And you need to make, take a stand publicly, yes, Lord, I want to return to my first love. So when I count to three, I'm going to ask all the people who raised their hand to ask Christ to be their Savior, I'm going to ask you to stand. But then if you were one of those people who said, listen, I, I, I just need to, I need to walk away from my old routine-ness of my relationship with Christ into a new level of passion and fire. I want you to stand as well. So I'm going to ask all of you to bow your heads and close your eyes on all the campuses. Lord, there are people here who have just given their life to you. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand up if you raised your hand a few minutes ago. But there are some of you in here who just want prayer. You want that fire lit in your heart. I'm going to ask you to stand as well in all the campuses. So on the count of three, whether you ask Christ to be your Savior or you are asking God to reignite a flame of passion in your life for him, in your love for him, in your love for people. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand if you are either one of those groups. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you.